Well, <laughs> it's week 143. Oh. We still don't have a podcast. Yeah. Do you think that we're like the Jobs of podcasting? The Jobs? Yeah. You think the devil made a, a, a gentleman's wager yeah, with God over? So. Well, uh, the uh, the the podcast devil made a gentleman's uh, wager with podcast God. Who do you think the podcast devil and the podcast God are? You, this is. Do you think they have podcasts? I think we can only really speculate on their uh, 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 whatever their avatar on Earth is. But I would imagine those avatars certainly have podcasts. I imagine the podcast God probably has like a high production value NPR type Absolutely. show. It's Ira Glass. They've got, yeah. Podcast God has a very wimpy voice. And then I imagine that uh, Podcast Devil, his podcast is probably like like just absolutely chaotic. Yeah, there's, 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 like, a, there's a, a lot very... Of- deep soundboard on podcast devil show. Yeah, so lots of drops on the devil's podcast. <laughs> it's a call-in show for sure. The devil's going to be going to be really uh, cutting it up with the listeners, I think. I don't know though. God, he seems to be, you know, he's all about answering prayers. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's got a call-in show too. Yeah, it, maybe it's like a uh, uh uh car talk. Maybe that was podcast god. <laughs> He was walking among us this entire time telling us what was wrong with our Toyota Corollas. And we we didn't listen. Has anybody ever done a, a breakdown of how many specific calls about different models of car happen on Car Talk? Not that I'm aware of, but uh, that's that's just the sort of thing that a certain type of individual would relish doing. I feel like there must be somebody out there who kept a spreadsheet of car talk topics and and we could dig through it and prove yeah. once and for all that that show was If fake. you did it but but it's all still in in your own uh uh language uh on on uh, handwritten on many many notebooks I am the type of person who might like to decipher that but I'm not a car Doing guy some some Car talk notes, data entry work. Mm-hmm. Send your notebooks of car talk notes to us and we will digitize them. That's, you know how there's like the, the services that are like, we can put your old home movies on DVD. Yes. Maybe we do that. But for people who are just like obsessively taking notes about radio programs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a guy just sends us like a, a box full of three ring binders of every time somebody yelled Baba Booey. <laughs> we published the Baba Booey Bible. The Bible Booey. Mm-hmm. There's a caper shortage. That's we were we were going to start recording uh, like 10, 15 minutes ago. But uh, I had to deal with the fact that apparently there are no capers at the grocery store. And I said, I think we got capers. And I looked, we don't have capers. Oh. And now, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I, I thought I'm you'd be the sure type to squirrel, squirrel some capers away. What are capers? Where did they come from? 
I don't know. What's the... I, I didn't have have my first caper until maybe six years ago, and uh, much like green olives, I, I waited too long. Wonderful taste. They're yeah, they're like tiny little olives. That's what I said. I said we just we got plenty of olives. We could just chop them up. Laura seems to think that it won't be the same with whatever this chicken recipe she's making for dinner. Mm. But to be honest, I'll say it's delicious no matter what. And not because I'm just giving lip service to her cooking, but because I have very low standards yeah. for food. That's that's as a person who who has eaten a lot of uh bland sort of uh, uh cheap family meals, uh hamburger helpers and uh tuna salad sandwiches, etc. And then just a, a ton of uh, garbage, garbage fast food and microwavable products. If you actually cook a meal for me, I'm like, whoa, whoa, I didn't know you could do that. Wait. You mean to tell me that this you, you, you're you've been drying laundry in your oven this entire yeah, time yeah. and someone bakes a meatloaf in there you're like what kind of laundry did you put in this thing (laughs) well (laughs) welcome to the department of corrections folks we have to issue an apology and do a victory lap. Back in episode 101, it was like over two years ago, <laughs> we, uh, for some reason, brought up the fact that Alan Dershowitz has a podcast. Okay. And I said, I bet that he doesn't get to 100 episodes. We had just, we had just crossed over doing 100 episodes and... Celebrity attorney Alan Dershowitz had started a podcast, and I said, I bet he doesn't get to 100 episodes. Well, I'm here to tell you he's done more episodes than us now. What the fuck? He's moving at a faster clip. He's doing like 20-minute episodes multiple times a week. Yeah. So, Alan Dershowitz, if you'd like to come on our podcast... Uh, this is, I will formally invite you in the same way that uh, most media outlets do by calling you a pedophile and you can't resist <laughs> coming, coming to us and explaining how, well, it's not technically pedophilia and the only, you've only ever gotten a massage from someone who is in your immediate family oh. as if that makes it less weird. So it's not even like Pete Townsend where he was doing research so he could stop pedophiles. <laughs> you know, I've come around on Pete Townsend. I think he was right. I think he I think really he was, was doing actually the work. doing research yeah. on British pedophiles. Yeah. He, because <clears throat> he knew so many of them. You know, he he embedded sure. himself in the scene. Like all of the Who's albums like, are merely yeah. set dressing for his true masterwork. He's doing Donnie Brasco style <laughs> pedophilia, deep undercover. However, 
now we can put on our fancy marching band uniforms and do a victory lap because in the same breath, I said that Mayor Pete Buttigieg also had started a podcast that wouldn't get to 100 episodes. And, well, Pete petered out at like 30 episodes. And he was moving at the same clip. He was doing, this is a real coward's podcast. You do like a 15-minute episode. You probably bang them all out in the span of like three weeks. Yeah. And then just release them over time. And he couldn't be bothered. Couldn't be bothered. He was too busy solving all of our uh, Department of, of Transportation issues. He was like, the people have to get their capers. And the trucks have to arrive. The caper trucks. He's just, he's got the, you know, the little light up flashlight cone things that they use at the airport runway, Mm -hmm. directing truckloads of capers to just drive straight into Lake Erie. That's where all the capers went. I thought he just took like a long smoke break. So, so in in that case, uh, yeah, yeah. I I, I thought maybe it was just a delay and you'd have your caper shortly, but it sounded more like a, we're going to need some deep sea caper divers or deep, mm-hmm. deep lake caper underwater divers. capers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I'll say, I don't know where capers come from. Maybe they're from the ocean. I know that snow crabs have disappeared. Maybe that was the eyeballs of snow crabs mm-hmm. that they just pickle. Could be uh baby but I'll also say, cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, I'd like to say that it, uh, up until this moment, I I wasn't aware of it, and and something about picturing it in my head made me realize I would like Mayor Pete a lot more if he started smoking cigarettes. It would just make him seem Obama. more relatable, you know. Yeah, you know how uh, uh, what's what's that Beto O'Rourke? Remember when he started to be the politician who says fuck? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think Mayor Pete should do that, but he should just start smoking cigarettes. Like in the middle of like someone asks him a question and he just gives like a like a long, low. And then he lights up a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How cool would that be? A lot cooler than what he's doing now. Uh, I'd also possibly suggest like a. You know that hat that Slash wears? The kind of yes. rock and roll top like the, hat? Yes. For Mayor Pete? Yeah, for Mayor Pete. Grow out his hair. Mm-hmm. Long hair. He's got a cigarette. Just, you know when you when you let the cigarette like stick to your, you got dry chapped lips and the cigarette yeah, little, just dangling there? Yeah, a little spirit gum on the lip there. Because I don't yeah. think that he's got what it takes to do it naturally juice it a little bit i think bit. he did he did he did toy with growing a beard for a bit yeah but nobody likes he, a toy he, beard he did he does look like a doll so when he grew a beard it did seem like the kind of like the gi yeah, joe yeah. action figure beard which and those were great top hat, <laughs> yeah top hat cigarette just spirit gum to his bottom lip just ashing onto his shirt. He should always do an interview from inside of a room full of ringing phones and file cabinets. Like he's working so hard to keep transportation going. 
Uh, who who is going to step up? Who's going to take the baton from Joe Biden? We need to know. The clock is ticking. I is it going to be Mayor Pete? Doesn't seem that way. I I think that I think we uh, have to uh, learn learn from past mistakes in the Democratic Party, and uh, if if the Republicans are going to go uh, big dumb. A celebrity, we we got to find the biggest, dumbest uh, Democratic celebrity to run against him. What if? Now, hear me out. What if they got Donald Trump? Oh, a real heel turn. That's great. Sign me up. Bygones, bygones. Water under the bridge. They've 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 tried and tried to think of a solution. But no one has suggested, what if we just paid Donald Trump to be a Democrat? He'd do it. You yeah, know he would. Yeah. That's... Democratic presidential candidate <laughs> Donald J. Trump. They've got him over a barrel. They're if you can't beat him, him join something. him. And if, if uh, they don't want to join, pay them. That's right. I'm not I'm not saying that I agree with Donald Trump's past statements. I'm just saying that I think we could pay him to disagree with his own yeah. past statements. As, and as, maybe as a get person him on who board with has uh, no belief in the office of the presidency anymore. I'm all about wins. Let's just rack them up, baby. Yeah, I mean he's a free agent at this point. Let's sign him. Sign him to the Democratic yeah. Party. He's the Deion Sanders of politics. He's just going to jump from team to team, all pro every time. You're going to win a Super Bowl. He's yeah. He's a big. He's a big buddy of Tom Brady. Tom Brady did the same mm-hmm. thing. Saw he saw the rats were leaving the ship, and he he was like, "That's that's for me." Well, I let's let's talk podcast. What do you say? Let's do it. I got I got an idea for a podcast. Okay. This one's called Ewok Reconstruction. Ooh. What's that? I've been uh lately I've been watching the the new Star Wars television programs. Mhm. You got Andor and the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I I have not seen them. I imagine I will at some point, but feel free to spoil things. I don't care. I will watch them. Andor anyway. is good. Because it doesn't, it has nothing to do with Star <laughs> Wars. It's just basically a train robbery Ooh. story taking place. I'm in. I in love a Star a train Wars. Robbery. Yeah, like there's no there's no Star Wars characters in it, other than I guess Andor. Oh, is that, that even a then, person's like, name? I thought it was like a. Uh, well, you got Endor. Then there's Andor, Indoor, Ondor, Undor. There's there's indoor, ondor, undoor, indoor. <laughs> indoor, he's very pale and he just he he reads a lot of books. Endor, of course, is the forest moon of the Ewoks. Uh and then Andor is he's he's part of a, a an improv troupe. <laughs> he just andors everything okay. that you throw at him. Then you got the the Y indoor, indoor, indoor. He is indoor. To him, you are like the buzzing of flies. 
and and then of course the Obi Wan Kenobi show, which is like a '70s style musical review, <laughs> like the Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's no, wearing the this... same costume from from the movies, but with a little more flair. Like that that uh, cloak is a full on cape now. Mm-hmm. His hair's feathered now. Yeah, there's a lot of sequins, Got bell bottoms, yeah. sequins. Yeah, that crazy old wizard. So Ewok reconstruction. This is this. The idea is a podcast where we plot out like a twenty year plan to get the the native Ewok population of the forest moon of Endor back on track after you know, I'm assuming decades of imperial rule and slavery mm-hmm. but we, now we've blown up the second death star and, and of course pieces of this giant moon-sized space station are raining down on the on the moon of endor so we, we're gonna have to deal with some of that definitely we're gonna have to i'm assuming parts of the of the Death Star are radioactive. We're going to have to clean up and contain that. But also, there's just these guys. After the, this is the, what hap, what comes after the Yub Nub. It's it's an interesting question and one that's been uh, not answered by uh, the the current Star Wars canon. You know, we we sort of loved those Ewoks and left them. Sure, they got that one yeah. movie, but then everybody hated it. And uh, now in the, these new, they, they've they've not touched on Ewoks. They're not going back to these places that clearly, clearly suffered under the the you know tyrannical thumb of the Empire. What are those Ewoks going to do? It doesn't. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to imply that the Ewoks are in some way less than human. Mm. But I also don't want to assume that they are some sort of magical noble savage. <sighs> These are just... There it are very rich... well could be a situation in which as long as we leave them alone, they'll be fine. They're self-sufficient. You, and, I mean, and, we... You know, good problem solvers. As long as, they you know, they, they like, we, of, you know... Yeah. Humankind isn't enslaving them. They, they, they might be all right. Just go they clean up the wreckage and, and let them be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I'm just worried. You know, we left a bunch of uh, Imperial AT-ATs and ATSTs on their planet. Well, I, I, I don't think that they would use them for war. They would probably use them for, uh, you know, they would they would become a tractor for them. Or perhaps a uh, just oh, like a, a very 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 fun go kart. They've just got the big imperial walker pulling a, a plow. Mm-hmm. They can till an entire field in a matter of minutes. Yeah, probably uproot trees if they they want to create a field where one is not. This could be a situation like Star Trek: the the Prime Directive, where we need to get rid of all of the technology. Because otherwise, the Ewoks will just use it to create their own seat of imperial power. You know. Yeah, but how cute would that be? 
if they just had if they had like uh, weapons of mass destruction they got a giant that lives on that planet who can come and just pluck the ewoks out of the trees he's in one of the in one of the made for tv movies oh man i can't remember what the name of that monster is well th- now i'm invested uh watching ewoks pilot in atst fighting a native Endorian giant? That sounds like great television. The Gorax. I just looked it up. I didn't just pull that out of my mind. The Gorax is a, a behemoth species that lives on the forest moon of Endor. He lives in the mountains, but he comes down to feed on Ewoks. And I feel like it would be nice to see the Ewoks use some of that uh, Imperial technology to take down the Gorax. But if education is not liberating, the greatest aspiration of the oppressed is to become the impress the oppressor. So we need to keep that in mind. We need we can't just leave the Ewoks to their own devices with, with this advanced weaponry. We need to teach them to beat those swords into plowshares. Otherwise they'll enslave the Gorax and then and then what do you get? An army of Goraxes, I assume. Are, are, are there, is, is the Gorax an army of one, or are there many Gorax? It's a, it's a species okay. Okay. of, sem, of uh, semi-sentient humanoid giants mm-hmm. created by the, the, uh, by the Jim Henson Corporation. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel uh, that, that I I understand what you're saying. I, I don't feel like I, I am the type to be able to say one way or the other, because uh, our species certainly have uh, beaten back the semi-sentient life that, that would eat us. And it's I'm true. happy for that. And I, yeah. I would not like as to deny as- that to the Ewoks. And I, I think you're just saying, like, all right, uh, build your own chicken walker out of rocks, buddy boys. Yeah, yeah, I reckon that the, we we can't be throwing stones in our own glass house. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have an idea for a podcast? I do. Uh, this one takes a little bit of setting up. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're familiar with the uh, concept of twin films? The uh, movies yes. that come out within a year of each other that are two different production companies trying to do the same thing. Uh, famously, Ants and a Bug's Life, Armageddon and Deep Impact, um, Prefontaine and, and Without Dante's Limits. Peak. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, one of the first times I was ever aware of this was uh, movies that uh, I wasn't interested in because I was like, that's a girl movie. And then like a like a few months later, I was like, another one of these? What is this? Uh, and, and it's the uh, movies based on the early 20th century phenomenon of fairy photography in Great Britain. There was, uh, there was a movie called Fairy Tale, A True Story, and then one called Photographing Fairies. And they're both about the same incident in like, 1917 or, or some somewhere abouts where girls made cardboard cutouts of fairies <clears throat> and 
and took pictures of themselves with them in the woods. And then all of the spiritualists of the time were like, this is real proof that fairies exist. I was going to say, didn't Sir Arthur Conan Doyle get taken in yes, by this did. scheme? Yeah. Sir Arthur yes, Conan Doyle, the, the Tom DeLonge of his time. <laughs> he's a he's a character in one of the two movies. He's a character in uh, photographing fairies. But uh, it, I, I, I was not in on this at the time when I was like 11 years old. But uh, I sort of remembered it and did the, the Google wormhole thing on it last night. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch these fucking fairy movies. And I think we could do a podcast where we'd probably have to uh, wipe what we're saying right now out. But uh, just use uh, all of uh, the modern technology at our fingertips to try to fake fairy photographs and then have a podcast that that would be us deal detailing our experiences with the fairies to try to try okay. to get people to believe believe in them and, and a lot of people don't realize sir arthur conan doyle he also he sounded just like <laughs> yeah very nasal <laughs> Like, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, how no matter how improbable. <laughs> so are we trying to are we trying to fool the fellows from Blink 182, or are we just trying to find a new sucker for the fair for the old fairies? I, I, I think we welcome all suckers, and I'm now regretting my, my title which I haven't said yet, which was faking fairies, but maybe it should just be, uh, we found fairies <laughs> or, or check, check out the fair. Our, our, the fairies are our friends. What, what about if we just said fairies exist? Yeah. Like that blink 182. song. yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. Are we going to, are we going to take pictures? Are we going to stage? Now, I was not aware of this, the the fake fairy thing. I'm going to send you the the Wikipedia of the event, not the movies. Okay. But there there was, it it was a situation in which uh, they just went media silent. And I I think that one, one of the girls moved to another country and then it turned into like 40 or 50 years after the fact. Journalists tracked them down and were like, what was the deal with those fairy photographs? And uh, at first they were sort of mum on the subject, but late, later on one of them admitted like, oh, they were just cardboard cutouts. But then she was like, the first four photographs were just cardboard cutouts, but the fifth one, they were real fairies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, it's a great take on uh, what, when you get caught lying, you'd be like, well, I mean, the first four times I was lying, but the fifth time I was super duper for real. Yeah. I, uh, oh shoot. I forgot what I was going to say about that. Hmm. It must not have been that important. It's gone. Yeah. Well, mm. no, I remember. I remember now I was, I was not aware of this fairy scheme as a child, but I think that the idea behind the fairy photograph scheme 
is something that lives in the minds of children everywhere, much like a, a J.M. Barry's Peter Pan. And when I was 12 years old, my brother and I decided that we were going to create the greatest alien encounter hoax humanity had ever seen. We were sure this was going to be the one that fooled the world. And what I did was I made my brother wear a dark green sweatsuit. And then we took a football helmet and we covered it in aluminum foil. And then my brother, he went and he sat in a hammock and we took a picture of him with a Polaroid camera. And then we cut out the picture of my brother with his legs up in the air, sitting in the hammock. We cut him out of the picture. And then we took a picture of the television. And it was a scene from Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. With some spaceships in the background. And then we took the picture of him and we put it on top of the Polaroid of the TV screen of the search for Spock. And then we took another photograph of that. And then we said, this will fool everyone. They will believe. Halfway through photographing my brother in the alien costume, we started playing Robin Hood (laughs) and I hit my brother's hand with a quarter staff and broke his finger. (laughs) That's what he gets for for being Robin Hood, making you be Friar Tuck. Yeah. You didn't even get to be Little John. I was always Robin Hood. Oh, you were Robin Hood. I I was like, you're the the sheriff of Nottingham. (laughs) I cracked him with the quarterstaff. I did the Daffy Duck thing. I said, it's a buck and a quarter quarterstaff, but don't tell him that. Mm -hmm. I I got another idea. Okay, what's that? It's called, well, this, I don't know if this is the title. This is just the concept. Tentative title, an episode where we're enemies. Okay. Yeah. So this would just be where we don't get along. We'd have to, <laughs> we'd have to get into a different mindset for this. Okay. Where we, we're mortal enemies co-hosting a podcast. Oh, uh, well, I... I, I told you a little bit about how excited I am for the Banshees of Inisherin. <laughs> a yes, podcast I'm, in which, okay. like, if you talk to me, I'm going to cut my fingers off. <laughs> that that could not be the right way to go, though. I don't think that we should we should have any ultimatums yeah. to self harm in this podcast, but maybe just a podcast where we do a lot of no budding, yeah, yeah. instead of yes anding. Ewoks be damned. Yeah. Yeah. I say uh, Ewok reconstruction. You say Ewoks are imaginary. That's a that's, that's a movie for babies. That's dumb. They made that's a cartoon stupid. out of it, and it wasn't even a good cartoon. Now, did they make a cartoon? Just say, oh, now I don't think they did make a cartoon but out check, of it. They made check, a live check, action. Check the history. There was a, a droids cartoon and an Ewoks cartoon. They both sucked. Because Star Wars isn't good. Oh, yeah. There was an Ewoks cartoon. I forgot. I I remember the droids cartoon. They, there was a live. There were two live action Ewoks movies. There were Ewok Adventure. 
and what, Ewoks. Wasn't there the one that was like Endor. all in one big stupid cave? Like they, they yeah, spent all of our money the... on this one set, so it's going to be like an Ewok play. Yeah. And that one has, uh, what's his name? The guy from The Usual Suspects. Gabriel Byrne. The... Nope. nope. Took a shot. <laughs> it's the, the guy that does the uh, Captain Kirk impression. What's that? It's been a while since I've seen that. I don't remember who does a... Kevin Spacey is definitely Kevin Spacey. Not Kevin Spacey does the. No. Well, now I got to Kevin Pollock. Look it up. There we go. It's Kevin Pollock. Kevin Pollock. There he is. (laughs) It was Kevin Pollock all along. We pulled the mask off. Kevin Pollock was pretending to be the ghost that haunts this old Ewok uh, roller coaster park. Mm -hmm. And I would have gotten away with it, too. If it weren't for you meddling podcasters. You two podcasting enemies. That really has to be, I think, how the enemies podcast would end with with us putting aside our differences to bring Kevin Pollack to justice for his yeah, crimes. Yeah, it, it's going to be kind of like the like, first you know, lethal I, weapon of podcasts where yeah. we don't like each other at first, but progress through dislike to uneasy acceptance to you know we got we gotta put kevin pollock in his place and he's just like you guys know that uh kevin spacey was also in this movie right (laughs) could you not focus on a bigger fish maybe Shut oh, up, man. Paul. Let's remake the the film Big Fish and Kevin Spacey's The Granddad. <laughs> For some reason, the way you said Granddad, my brain tried to autocorrect to Grinch. <laughs> well, that, that just shows that your brain's still uh, working. It's still firing on all cylinders. It's a remake of Big Fish. Same cast, except Kevin Spacey is there as the Grinch. <laughs> Billy Crudup's like, my dad's stories were bullshit. You know, he told me that he uh, he fought the Grinch. <laughs> and then the Grinch shows up at the funeral. Ah, I hate Christmas. But he has like a antebellum southern accent, like Kevin Spacey and... House of Cards. Well, I sure do hate Christmas. It's me, the Grinch. A lot of people have been alligating things about me doing things with young Who's and Whoville. I assure you, I would never. <laughs> I'm the Grinch. <laughs> God. Mm. Do you have Do you have another I idea sure for do. podcast? And uh, this one's also problematic. Uh, this one is a uh, Russian to the Russian Isle, and uh, this this is a podcast that's about a personal experience I had this week, where I bought a ninety plus dollar bottle of uh, Russian vodka for fifteen dollars. When I went went to the cash register to buy it, uh, the gentleman there said like 
oh yeah, we, and this is a uh, closeout liquor store that I go to that I frequent. Shrek. Yeah, yeah, Shrek. We're talking about Shrek, Shrek's right? Kentucky Liquor Store. And he it's said, "Not the Green Guy." I, I will, Just before anybody writes in, <laughs> is it Shrek from the movie? It's it's instead of just a K at the end, it's got a CK. It's like Max Shrek, yeah, from uh, the Nosferatu movie, exactly. But uh, he said, "I wasn't sure if uh, if people would be into it, but uh, I got such a good price on it, I just went ahead and did it." And I was like, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just thinking uh, deals, deals, deals. But, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I wonder if uh, the same thing is true of other Russian products where they can't sell them in the regular stores. So they are on huge, huge, huge uh, discounts. And I say it's a patriotic thing to buy them at that price. Because uh, you know, I've got they're a... kind of setting a precedent that that this thing that they want to sell for close to a hundred dollars is worth fifteen in in the in all the books. So uh, as a, a good capitalist, I'm saying uh, buy low, buy low, buy low, buy it all low, buy all the Russian shit low. Give me all the Fabergé eggs I can handle. I'm going to make the world's no longer the world's most expensive omelet. I I just this is embarrassing. But I got a garage full of different shapes. I bought these things back back in like July. I've got I've got L's that are three three squares long, and then uh, one one square to the side. I've got a five square long straight piece. I've got. Like a like a S and a reverse S. I got a four by four block, and I've just been I've been trying to figure out how to fit these things into my garage. There's so many of them, and I thought I could unload these. They're very they're very desirable, mm-hmm. but now no one wants them. They'd say Slava Ukraini or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I got all these tetrominoes here. Mm-hmm. Putting them on Craigslist. Bargain basement prices. I, I feel like to sell a Tetromino, you have to be able to play the music with it. I think that it has no inherent value until you get put into the zone by the, the music. So I need, I need to have a yard sale where I just put all the different shapes out in my yard. Mm-hmm. And then I just... Yeah, and I think you sell it to uh, some of the uh, uh, bars around town. People love that giant Jenga. You you think that people wouldn't want to play giant Tetris? I think people are just mad at Russia too much. They're not going to... This is the problem. You play that music, somebody's going to come and boo you. I don't, I don't, I think that music's too powerful. Do you, do you it think is, they'll boo Peter is. and the Wolf? I mean, Peter and the Wolf and, uh, <laughs> and the Tetris theme song are untouchable in my book. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good Russian bangers good out Russian there music. that you cannot deny. You got the Peter and the Wolf song. You got the Tetris song. You got the, the one that's, like the the one where you do the the dance where you're like squatting and your legs kick out. 
you know? The babushka. Yeah. Wait, are you t- that's what they call it in the Adams Family movie. <laughs> I don't think I, that's I assume the actual. That that's accurate. I mean, the Adams Family movie is a historical. It's a historical fiction. the The Adams Family was a real family, and and they took some liberties with the film. Obviously, they all they all knew Uncle Fester was Uncle Fester and not a, an imposter. They that they saw right through that, but they played it up in the film. If you go on Wikipedia, there's a whole thing about the, about the Adams family. Of course, we all know the origin of the Adams family. Yeah, it's Russian. That is the the the, <clears throat> the Adams family started when Uncle Fester farted, <laughs> and they all came out retarded. The Adams family. I, I looked it up. A babushka is actually the traditional Russian scarf. Oh yeah, the babushka is the is, is their term for a grandma. And it's the scarf that you tie around your head. But I think it's called the 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 dance that they dance. Fester and Gomez is the mamushka. If I if I recall if I recall my Adam's family <laughs> history, it's a slight variation. Russian to the Russian Isle. Can you think of other Russian products that I could possibly scoop up at a you know incredibly steep discount? I will say that there is a there is a specific Russian product that I have been trying to find for probably twenty years, and that is it's called the Dendy Junior. Is this a video game? The, it is the Russian bootleg version of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh. And it has a little elephant. <laughs> and it says Dendy Jr. And I would love to own a Dendy Jr. If anyone out there knows where I can get one, I will not pay top dollar for it because of the... Because of patriotism, yeah. On, because, because of our current Russophobia, I'm looking for deals on a Dendy Jr., and I don't even know what games it can play. I I used to have an old Soviet Lego set. Have we talked about this before? It's hard to say. <laughs> when I was a ch- when I was a child, as soon as they as soon as the Berlin Wall fell, my parents went to Russia on a trip, and they brought me back a Lego set called We Play Lego. And none of the blocks, they either did not stick together or they stuck together so well you couldn't take them back apart. It was it was tragic. But it was very ambitious. It was like you built like a crane. It was very utilitarian. They were like, yes, the, we use these legal to build the next generation of great legal. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's actually... A brilliant idea. A, a, a Lego. I mean, the the sets that grow with you, but you use self replicating you Lego. Use your first Lego. set to build the second set, and by the end, you're building a life size roller coaster with a, you know, a life size crane that was the previous kit that you built with a smaller crane from the the previous set. It's. I mean, that's truly the Soviet dream. It's the self-replicating toy. You don't have to keep 
going crawling back to those Danish capitalists for more mm-hmm. bricks. You can just build your own. And I think you can do that with a 3D printer now. I think that they, you can print out Legos for your Lego set if you don't have the specific yeah. brick you need. But I've never tried. I, I did talk with a guy at a party at length about building missing Lego slash uh, board game pieces with a 3D printer. Uh, and, oh. Like starting a company that replaces missing board game pieces and Legos. Now that's surprising. I can't imagine a guy at a party who's into that kind of stuff just <laughs> <laughs> jawing your ear for hours about his I, very I, specific I, I am passions. I am right for that sort of thing. To be honest, <laughs> I, I, I was like, "What a cool idea!" Tell me more. <laughs> I'm all ears. All right, let's go to the let's go to the hotline. Folks, if you have an idea for a podcast, you can reach out to us at the podcast hotline. That's 702-763-7222-77. Or uh, email us at we don't have a podcast yet at gmail.com. And our we have a email here from Nancy. Nancy writes, thank you in advance for your $5 donation. (laughs) Nathan and AJ, I wanted to share five reasons why you should chip in $5 before my end of week deadline in 24 hours. I'd love it if you could read until the very end, but if you can't, can you at least rush $5 right now to help Democrats hit our goal and propel us to victory in November? And then she's included five facts. Number one, we're ahead in the polls by just one point, 44% to 43. Number two, every polling expert says these midterms are a complete toss-up. Number three, Kevin McCarthy panicked and just announced $20 million haul. Is that? No, wait, I'm thinking of Kevin Pollack again. Number four. Mitch McConnell backed him up with $75 million more. And fact number five, donating $5 is the most significant thing you can do to ensure we have the resources to counter Republicans' millions. Nathan and AJ, if everyone reading this email today gave $5 before my end-of-week deadline, we'd erase McConnell and McCarthy's millions and ensure we can fight it out in every battleground district. So I'm asking... Can you chip in $5 right now to help us make history? And then there is, there are five buttons here. Mm-hmm. Chip in $5 now, chip in $15 now, chip in $25 now, chip in $100 now, and chip in another amount now. Thank you, Nancy. Now, what do we get? What? Yeah. What's in it for us? Don't- what have you done for us lately, Nancy? I also I I'm kind of confused about how they she says donating five dollars is the most significant thing we can do, but then gives us how about I just hire a hitman four man? other options greater <laughs> than five dollars? Why would we do fifteen dollars when five dollars is purportedly the most significant thing we can do? You fucked up, Nancy. Yeah. I mean. 
I, I can think of a number of was the most things significant. I could do. I mean, they all require more money than $5, but... It would take less than $5 for me to drive to Mitch McConnell's house, which is in our town, and just do nasty shit right in his driveway. Yeah. And how much... I How think much that we, 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 we could get enough people to do that, that every shit. day of the year. It's the it's the we don't have a podcast <laughs> yet challenge. And we're posting it on Instagram and TikTok that we don't have a podcast yet. Take a shit in Mitch McConnell's driveway challenge. If you live in Louisville, Kentucky, go do a doo-doo right at the end of his driveway. Maybe if you have a dog, make the dog do the doo-doo. Here's what you do. You take a human shit in a Kroger bag and then you walk your dog. And then when you get to Mitch McConnell's driveway, you tarry for a moment and pretend that you're picking up a dog do, but you drop the human doo doo there. And then everyone in Kentucky does that until there's a mountain of human shit blocking his limousine from being able to leave the driveway. And then we hire some uh, uh, driveway guys, the guys who make those new smooth driveways, and they they mm-hmm. take out their little smoothing tools and and they just, you know, spread that shit around so it's a a whole shit driveway. Yeah, they've got the the you know the little triangle thing that they use like when a, they're a smoothing spade, the mortar like a, for a brick wall. Yeah. Hmm. This is going to make the caper shortage worse because. Mitch McConnell's wife is on the board of directors of uh, Kroger. But it's a small price to pay, in in my opinion. Hey, there's Anyways. already a caper shortage. She couldn't keep us in capers, so... <laughs> yeah. You know, this, the, we, we could be killing two birds with one stone. Maybe, maybe we say, uh, retire Mitch and give us capers. Uh, I forget your wife's name, but there you go. Yeah. Well... Nancy, thank you. Thank you for writing in. I assume that this was because you are a fan and a listener. And uh, we will we will take this to heart. Do you think this is because we we talked about how big her breasts were one time? It was it was because she she liked that one. She subscribed. Yeah, she did send us an email earlier that was like, thanks for all the attention that you've given us about about my big naturals all right let's let's just let's go to the pod tron can we take a short break (laughs) yes we can cool all right let's go to the pod tron folks the pod tron 4500 is an artificial intelligence that we created we trained it using a list of the most popular podcasts and then it generates a list of new names that we could use as a jumping off point to maybe create our own hit podcast. Ideas like this is impeachment. Yeah, there's there's and always a lot be, of coverage of uh, of an impeachment, but we don't see the behind the scenes. What's it? People like? love a good impeachment, whether it's Bill Clinton. Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Andrew Johnson. 
I was gonna say Andrew Johnson. <laughs> Who else? I think we might have. Did you say Donald I think there's Trump? One more. I, I think that's it. Is it Garfield or maybe Chester A. Arthur? I feel like there's one more. Hmm. Well, that's something that we could touch on mm-hmm. in our new hit podcast. This is impeachment. So, some people took impeachment into their own hands. You know, <laughs> there are a few guys mm-hmm. that, that the uh, rank and file didn't get an order fast enough. And so they impeached with a gun. Imp- yeah, with extreme prejudice. Yeah. And when I say prejudice, I mean racial prejudice. Exactly. Yeah. Do you remember when, uh, like, right before the the uh, the 2016 election, when Radio Lab announced that they they did that spinoff podcast about the Supreme Court? I do not. Remember. It was like the Supreme Court is super important, and we're doing a new series just about the Supreme Court teach you how important the supreme court is and then the the rest of america was like haha psych the supreme court is a total joke just found a way to make everyone feel stupid for listening to a radio lab spinoff about a bunch of old ghouls and fancy robes they were like it's important that you know the names of all of these guys half of them aren't even on that team anymore yeah. It, it does make you think like uh, when <laughs> recently when, when they had some issues with just random Joes and Janes like me, you and the listeners just showing up at Supreme Court justices houses, how easy that was to do and find that information. Like, yeah, th- these are all old, frail, you know, there, there, there's there, there's not uh a badass among them. And, and I'm just saying they, they, say, they have to all be in somebody's pocket, right? They're all <laughs> l- like, listen, I understand that it's upsetting to think that the most important judges in the land are, are vulnerable to people just showing up at their houses and, and I guess assembling in a threatening manner. But, but, while I don't want to, I don't want to get a knock at my door from the authorities. I will say that, based on historical record, the easy—if you have a beef with a Supreme Court justice and you want them taken out—don't go to their house and chant. Invite them to officiate your wedding during the <laughs> coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> This is impeachment. This is a th- this podcast could be. I mean, I think we could just gas people up about the idea of impeachment because it seems like it's a great, it's a great ratings hog. Impeachment. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever comes of it, as far as I can tell. But boy, people love to follow an impeachment. Maybe we impeach somebody every week. Yeah. In in our own court of law, the court of public opinion, yeah. we're impeaching this week. Judd Apatow. What what have you done for me lately, Judd? Yeah. It's been, been a bunch Judd of stinkers. Apatow. I don't I don't Yeah. You did the Lady Ghostbusters, Judd. Yeah, when we look back on it, uh, the ones that you directed aren't the best ones. It's the ones that you just 
signed off on somebody else making a movie. You, you're a hands-off yeah. producer. Those are the best ones. Gee whiz, Judd <laughs> Apatow. We're so thankful that you gave us... what? What's that guy that's like the clone of a clone of James Dean? Uh, James Franco? Franco! There yeah, he is. Uh, I I, I, I have a lot so of problems with with academia for for letting him just be like yeah I'd like to teach a teach a class and, 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 and <laughs> yeah it's 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 about sex scenes in film. <laughs> there yeah. What a, what a weird weird bad guy. <laughs> what a fella that I remember there was I think it was Vice used to do like a, a series that was where they would have people tell a story and then they would have like animators animate the story. And there was one that was, uh, uh what's Alias Shawcat telling the story of like the most awkward sexual experience she'd ever had. And she did not name names, but it was super apparent that it was James Franco. And it was like, yeah, this this older actor, we were at a party at his house and he shaved my vagina and then cried. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. That's this is impeachment. You got one. I do. It's called Mist in Plain Sight. Lady Bird Johnson. Ooh. And, uh. You know, a, a lot of ink has been spilled uh, about uh, how uh, Jacqueline Kennedy was a style icon, but I don't think that a lot of the uh, uh, first ladies uh, surrounding her got that same sort of treatment, even though I'm sure they had a similar uh, sort of effect, just possibly in a different arena of fashion. And uh, this would be a podcast where... We uh, give Lady Bird Johnson her her propers and, and uh, see exactly what uh, she brought to the table, not just fashion wise, but but also, you know, every first lady has uh, pet interests that they shine lights on. Mm-hmm. I, I think just uh, being right next, right next to Jackie Kennedy, she probably didn't get as much of the spotlight as she deserved. Yeah, and 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 this could be interesting. I feel like Lady Bird Johnson, one of the most ignored first ladies in history. Perhaps there's something that we missed in plain sight. We go back through the archives, we pour over all of the uh, photographs. What's this? Right below her waist, her hand doing this oh she was the first one oh, to, now she gets to punch yeah, you the circle game yeah yeah she invented that and uh uh truth be told she always punched in the dick if if you had one ruthless that lady bird johnson and what's a lady bird how is that how how do you pull off that name honestly lady bird just gonna pretend that's a normal name i don't know i think it's a pretty sweet name honestly i mean it it is it's sweet my fandom of king of the hill for a very long time has probably colored that to an extent but it is one of those it sounds very southern but in a a good way to me 
Oh, no, I'm not. You know? <laughs> listen, I'm not talking trash about the name Ladybird. It's a great name. Don't get me wrong. I just feel like, you know, it, it they could have picked a lot of different animals and it would not have been pull offable. I mean, Lady Dog Johnson, it ain't happening. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's because birds don't actually have that? Johnsons. You aren't immediately thinking about a, an animal penis with that uh, name. Yeah. Which uh, Oh Long Johnson. Her her That's her family the, couldn't oh, have uh, uh, been you know aware that she was going to marry someone with the surname Johnson at the time, but mm -hmm. Yeah. I just I want to make sure that she didn't she didn't go around telling people, "Oh, call me Ladybird." Cuz that sounds like she might have been putting on airs. I don't know. I I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to look it up and make sure that it's not a, a self-given nickname because those are the worst. Truly. Are there any presidents who gave themselves nicknames? I guess George W. Bush did the decider. It is a nickname. Right? It's a Claudia Alta Johnson. Claudia Alta. But did her parents call her Ladybird? We called her Stubby. That's what I'd like to hear. <laughs> Stubby Johnson. She... We wanted her to be one of the greatest Delta bluesmen that ever <laughs> yeah. lived. She said, no, I'm Ladybird. Well, all right. Well, this, this is going to take a little bit more researching than uh, I think we have time for. <laughs> all right. Well, I have another one from the Podtron list. Okay. This one's called Mental Illness Lab. Now, as, as we all know, mental illnesses are cataloged in a, in, a, in, a, in a sacred text called the, is it the DSM-5? Is that what it's called? That sounds right. What's that thing called? This is the thing that uh, uh, initially yeah, labeled uh, homosexuality as a mental illness, right? Right. It, it, it wasn't it's until a, the listen, 90s until sacred they, they... and immutable text. <laughs> I like that it's like the same as Dungeons and Dragons, where they've just gotten to the fifth edition, yeah. where they're like, this one's looser. You can just like, you can do like a narrative thing with it, where, oof, I mean, who cares? And their dirtbags are still like, I play edition one. <laughs> homosexuality is still a mental illness. <laughs> uh, according to my guide, it says that uh, uh, Puerto Rican is a mental illness. You only get to roll a D4. Mental illness lab. <laughs> well, okay, so mental illness lab is where we we set out to find the new ones for the 6th edition. And and I'll tell you that as a uh, as a trivia as a pub trivia host, I'm constantly accosted by these non-official mental illnesses. There's a whole slew of them that get introduced into trivia. Oh, I thought you meant by participants at the the pub quizzes. <laughs> oh yes, that's true as well. <laughs> But no, but specifically, 
when I'm looking up trivia, one that one it's a parenteral, a parenteral, a yeah, the it's the space between your your ball sack and your anus, yeah. a parenteral, a perennial favorite of people who are uh, cataloging trivia. For some reason, they go on Reddit and they look up phobias. And Reddit is a hive of scum and villainy when it comes to not real phobias. They'll be like, what is the fear of yellow clowns called? That's not a thing. That's not. Misophonia. Not a real thing. That's just a that's just a guy at your office who's an asshole who's like, oh, I don't like when people eat bananas. Good. Go to hell. Yeah. Go to hell and die. You don't belong in a society if you can't stand the sound of someone eating a banana because that's what we do to live. Oh, I don't like people eat bananas. Yeah, that that dude at my old job uh, was the one who gave me COVID. <laughs> the 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 <laughs> one who, who who was just he he also tried to uh, do the I, I identify as a blank joke. Like I I heard him do ten different variations on that. He's an attack helicopter. <laughs> He's uh yeah like... yeah, and he can't he can't stand the sound of people eating bananas. But 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 he came back from COVID after you... after four days. He was like, it wasn't shit, and everybody else got it. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just the shittiest bag. Well, the mental illness lab, unfortunately, is a podcast where we would give that kind of person more ideas <laughs> for things that they could say they have. It, it, it... But at the same time, it shuts up people like that because we could we could create a mental illness where we say oh i suffer from a mental illness where i have to loudly eat a banana otherwise i might die game set and match annoying guy at work well the the way the way he would take it is he would have issues with how people did things but he would ascribe mental illnesses to the people who did things that annoy him not say that he well yes I mean, here's, I mean, what we could do is, I mean, this is just, we're playing a game of chess where we're one step ahead of that guy on every front. We have a mental illness to assign to him. We also have a mental illness that we can write off whatever annoying thing we're doing as being a mental illness that is protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act. You can't get mad at us. We had to bring a TV into work and just watch King yeah, of the Hill yeah. all day. <laughs> well, bringing it back, I, I do have some Lady Bird Johnson info. Uh, she was named after Here her mother's brother, Claude. But during her infancy, her nursemaid, Alice Tittle, said that she was as pretty as a ladybird. Opinions differ about whether the name refers to a bird or a ladybird beetle the latter of which is commonly referred to as a ladybug in North America. So a a nurse who did not know the names of creatures. Yeah, yeah. Assigned her this nickname. Indeed. Her name was Alice Tittle. 
that's good enough. I mean, yeah, I'm on board. Just knowing that it wasn't, yeah, that's perfect. So you get the nickname that's, as a baby. I, I'll, I'll allow it. Yeah, that's on. That's on par with John Cougar Mellencamp. It was like somebody was just like, ah, you need a nickname, Johnny and Cougar. He's like, I hate it, and they're like, well, fuck I you. Hate it. You Too don't get to bad. pick your own nickname. Give John us five Lady Bird albums Bird that Mellon we can Camp. talk about. <laughs> All right, do you do you have another one from the Podtron? Yeah, this one is called Crime Cousin Sal, which I believe this is uh, Jimmy Kimmel's cousin Sal, who was featured on Win Ben Stein's Money after Jimmy left, and then possibly on uh, The Man Show and on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. I, I think that he, he oh, might no. have like a uh, gambling podcast of some sort, but uh, oh, you know this 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 would be uh, the uh, dirty underbelly of the Kimmel family. You know, we we were so hanging wait, out cousin of the Sal. Pot of being with cousin Sal. So cousin Sal is Jimmy Kimmel's cousin. Who? Yeah, but you remember Jimmy Kimmel was the co-host of Win Ben Stein's Money. During like probably the first two seasons, and then that show continued. And after, I mean, at the time, Jimmy Kimmel was not. This was pre-man like show. Jimmy name. Kimmel's like my first exposure yeah. to him at all was the co-host of When Ben Stein's Money. I mean, I watched that show, but at the time, I did not know or care about Jimmy Kimmel. So. Yeah. Who can say for certain? Well, when the man show started, he stopped on when Ben Stein's money and the new co-host was cousin Sal, who was Jimmy Kimmel's cousin. Nepotism. <laughs> How the fuck do you pull that off? Yeah. Hmm. So this cousin Sal guy has just been I mean, he's like, still, a, he's, like a he's zealot been figure. Somewhat like I, I've definitely he, he does like football gambling articles and podcasts, I believe, as well. Like a shitty Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. following around. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like he's pretty open to the idea of uh, payola. Mm. We might be able to. Yeah, maybe maybe we find him. out that just like the, the regular cousin Sal is the crime cousin Sal. But if not. Well, I was going to say we could. I mean, who knows? How how much do you think they pay him to do like an ad for one of those sports gambling apps or websites? I don't know, but, but, but I do, do think that, that he's uh, pretty much uh, led the sweet life for, for 25 years of, yeah. of like just being himself and, and uh, being paid well to do so. So here's what I'm thinking. This guy just basically anytime the Jimmy Kimmel does like a, a roadrunner exit and leaves a little cloud of Jimmy Kimmel shaped smoke, cousin Sal just moves into that space. If we could maybe say get like a thousand dollars together and then create an artifice of Jimmy Kimmel shaped smoke around a crime 
we could frame him for it and then do a true crime podcast where we exonerate his name. Yeah. Maybe we could use all those extra tetrominoes that you have. Yeah. Like let, build, build say, a wall that has a Kimmel sized hole in it out of tetrominoes. Yeah. Why don't we do a crime and frame Cousin Sal for it? Because, I mean, honestly, who do you think people are going to be more excited to say, did you hear who did a crime? The two guys who have like a podcast where 50 people listen to yeah. it. Or Cousin Sal from The Man Show. Just something to think about. And Cousin Sal, if you're out there and you're thinking about it, we're for sale too. Give us a number. We'll throw we'll throw it at, at Adam Carolla's cousin Steve Carolla. <laughs> All right, here's what here's our ideas for this week. We got Ewok reconstruction. Fairies exist. The episode where we're enemies. Russian to the Russian Isle. Nancy Pelosi's. What was that called? Nancy Pelosi. This is impeachment. Missed in plain sight. Lady Bird Johnson. Mental illness lab. And crime cousin Sal. I I think we got several good ones. This is one of those weeks where I'm like, there are three I want to (laughs) do. Next week, there won't be any I want to (laughs) do. I, I I like the one where we're enemies. I, I like uh, fairies are real a whole lot. Those are my two favorites, but shoot. Um, I think we got a couple off the Podtron we could even do. So you, what are you thinking? I really, I mean, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. I really like the fairies one. I really like the one where we're enemies. Do you want to do, do you want to do a classic mix where uh, one of us is uh, pro fairy and one of us is anti fairy? Perfect. Okay. Yes, let's do an episode where we are talking about the existence of fairies, but also we are not friends. <laughs> we are mortal enemies. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Folks, if you want to hear the great debate, fairies, yes or no? Go sign up for our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash we don't have a podcast yet. Sign up to support the show. You'll get access to The Vault, where we have over 100 episodes that are only available to our subscribers. If you sign up, not only can you binge all of those, but you'll get a new one every weekend that's just for you. Other than that, uh, please write a review. Go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, and uh, just tell people how much you like the show. Please do it. I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. We've been begging for so long. Our hearts are breaking. I wish you could see the tears rolling down AJ's face right now. So I save him in a milk jug. He's so hard up for a good review. Please do it. Please say, say, these are two proud boys. 
I think that was a thing, but now Proud Boys is is a thing. We Don't were say Proud, Proud Boys, Boys before the Proud Boys, and they made yeah, me a less somebody, Proud Boys. Somebody did write a review that said we were Proud Boys. No, no, they, they they said it was good Proud comedy. Yeah, I've, something I've like read that. our five reviews over and over again so many times. <sighs> Give me Just something listen. to read. Give us a review. Don't call us Proud Boys. Don't say anything homophobic. We're trying to get those ones swept under the rug. We need more reviews. You know that thing in cards where people do XOXO and it means hugs and kisses? It's okay if you just do hugs and kisses as a review. You know that thing in cards where you you fold them in half and then you say, find the queen, find the queen. Just do that, but with a good review. (laughs) Just shuffle it into the deck of bad reviews that we have on iTunes. Yeah, we're really, really trying to. You know that thing where where you hide a P under underneath uh, your your son's fiance's uh, 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 mattress to see if she notices. Just do that with a I review. Totally do. Yeah. All right, folks, go check us out on Patreon. We love you. Good night. Uh-huh.